This morning's Dharma talk is titled Wheel of Mind. And I got that title because it's a good title. I'm always talking about the mind. And I'm always talking about stuff spinning around. I spin around. That's how I know about the spinning. And not because the spinning has stopped. Or has it? You can't stop something that is unreal. So I have a, a little verse from uh, Nagarjuna uh, lived a couple thousand years ago, sometimes referred to as the second Buddha, depending on which school of which lineage. It's from the Mahayana, Mahayana Vimshika, uh, uh, and uh, this is probably part of the Mulama uh, Jamika Karika for those of you who know about his teachings. He says, through the wheel of mind, stopping, through the wheel of mind, stopping, all phenomena come to a standstill. Therefore, the nature, the phenomena, is identityless. Identityless. Hence, the nature of phenomena is completely pure. Those are astounding statements coming out of the, the second century, let alone the, the statements coming from the Buddha uh, 500 years earlier, or maybe six or 700 years earlier, that everything is dependently arisen. There's no singularity anywhere. There's no identity anywhere. We impute that, we make it up, we invent it moment by moment. Therefore, we suffer. <clears throat> So the wheel of mind, the idea there in Buddhism, all, not only the Tibetan form, uh, Zen form, all different forms of Buddhism will refer to the way the mind operates as going around and around. That very nature of confusion, the very life that we live here, is, this is called samsara, as opposed to, because it's done through contrast, to nirvana or cessation. The wheel is turning, the wheel ceases. But then again, if it's unreal, does, does it actually cease? have to talk about it somehow. So we come up with a bunch of words, string them together, and study them. As some of you know, we study every day here at noon. And on Saturday, we also study various uh, texts, texts that come down to us through the century, the Heart Sutra centuries. The Heart Sutra, Diamond Sutra, Sandina Machana Sutra, Lankavatar Sutra, the works of Dogen Zenji, which might as, might as well be 30 or 40 sutras all strung together. And we study those so that we can, using concepts, we can understand more clearly what it is that is actually occurring and what we can actually do about it. So first you have to, the threefold logic that my teacher, Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche, uh, used quite often in his teaching is threefold logic, and that is a ground path and fruition. The ground of our even coming to such a meeting as this is difficulty or suffering. And the path is to see that, understand that, and to free ourselves from that is the fruition. Ground, path, and fruition. Everything, fixing toast in the morning, if you eat toast, ground, path, and fruition. Ground is, you can look at it lots of different ways. You're hungry, you like toast, 
there's toast over there in the cupboard. I know I don't have to go through this, you guys know. Anyway, ground path information, you can use that, apply that. What is any, what, anything you're doing, what is the ground of that? What is the path quality, the movement quality of that? And what is the outcome, if there is such a thing? The spiritual path is quite a bit different than breakfast in the morning. Because of the understanding that we may have of the teaching of the Buddha, that everything is dependently arisen, not separate from that. So therefore, in the Zen tradition, quite often, Zen masters of ancient times will refer to uh, the teachings that using very, very ordinary, simple, uh, uh, simple uh, images and metaphors. One of them that you may recognize is before enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. After enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. So the way we, in this tradition, the way we work with the wheel of the mind or the, the persistent movement away from who we are into anything, it will settle just about for anything as long as it's some kind of a reference point. Uh, the main one that we need to work with, uh, if you progress, move along, move along on this path, is to see that there is no solid being. There is no self. There is no identity. It is identity-less. And the nature of all phenomena, including thoughts, including everything around you, is pure. So we would sit down at our, in our home, in this uh, monastery, in this zendo, hold still, call it meditation, call it something, call it anything. Hold still. If, you, if, you, if you're not doing this, I'm not saying it can't be done some other way. Maybe there's uh, you know, some shaman somewhere who's come up with some other idea. Maybe. Maybe you should check that out. Any propaganda or sales pitch about anything is very sneaky, very suspicious, because it about, it's about someone wanting control or wanting to get something else. <clears throat> so the idea is if you sit down, hold still, and watch the mind come and go and come and go and come and go, for long enough, you will eventually see there's no promises. No guarantees. You will eventually understand or see, based on the causes and conditions that arise as your particular personality, your difficulty with anger or not, your difficulty with passion or grasping or, or acquisitiveness or greed or not, or all the levels and all the nuances that may spread around uh, through those uh, two situations. And the other one is the most difficult one is the ignorance. <clears throat> Actually, passion is ignorance. Aggression is ignorance, and ignorance is uh, awakening. If you don't understand that, sit down for a few years. Uh, otherwise, it, your, your life is just going by. Death comes without warning, this body will be a corpse. It's not particularly negative, it's just the truth. And we're not dwelling on that, we just need to acknowledge water is wet, fire is hot, Air moves. What's the other one? 
metal sharpens? No. Hurricanes move, huh? Move? They move? Blow. Blow, blow. Okay, and what's the other one? Life ends. This is life. You were here, we're life. Reading, thinking, plotting, plotting, scheming, trying to get somewhere, trying to get something. Yummy. <laughs> I could just get what we wanted. If I could just get that, I'd be so happy. <laughs> Look familiar? You're eight year old. <laughs> so what do we do? We're not trying to be pessimistic. Life comes to an end. Life is suffering. People are suffering everywhere. If you if you transcend the self-centeredness that is perpetuating your own suffering, then what you got look what you have to look forward to then is the suffering of the world. Because one once this once this comes to an end, then everybody's suffering is coming towards you. And what you do what should you do with that? Receive it. Always receive. As you've heard me say probably hundreds of times, dozens of times, the most profound and un an uh, acknowledged form of generosity is to give and give and give. And what are you giving? Give everything your attention. Don't take your eyes, ears, nose, uh, tongue, body, mind off from anything. Everything, anything that happens. You put something in your mouth, pay attention. Don't add to it. I don't like this. This doesn't taste good. That, that's As soon as you do that, you immediately start to ignore what is happening on the end of your tongue. Don't do it. When I say don't do it, Ordering you around, you're here. But you got you got to put up with this for another half an hour. So I'm telling you something based on what I've looked at, my own difficulty with my life, and I'm old. It's obvious. <clears throat> I would not be here if it weren't for these teachings. I would have I would have because my self hatred was so intense that I would have uh, rather than inflict this self hatred on the world. I would have uh, gotten rid of it. And I'm not kidding you. So train your mind. Find a way to train. You don't have to be a Buddhist. Probably will help you do that because then you have a, a teacher, uh, a teaching, and a community. Buddha, Dharma, Sangha. Ancient teaching that there's nothing to believe. No one's ever going to ask you to believe anything or ask you to do anything here without your participation, without communication, without cooperation, without collaboration. This is not a cult. Just like Nixon said, I am not a truck. Well, this is not a cult. <laughs> cult would be something, of course, that you can't leave. They won't let you. Wheel of the mind, identityless, identityless. So, how would you arrive at that? How would you understand that? You need to look at the identity. It is showing up all the time. It's showing up here. I'm watching, observing the identity that is uh, apparent behind these words, and it's unreal. It doesn't go away. If you think or assume that your self-centeredness 
or your, your grasping or rejecting or ignoring is going to disappear? Probably not. And that's going to take you in a wider circle of mind trying to find out what, how's this all work? Can't, I got to figure this out. Ever, ever said that to yourself? You notice your body posture changes? You got to figure this out. This is really tough. Maybe I'll talk to an attorney. I don't think there are attorneys in this area. You can't figure it out. And you, the reason you can't figure it out is the very thing that you're working with is, is in itself insubstantial, unreal, and is constantly changing because of its, uh, of its nature of being unstable. What is stable? Find out. I would be interfering with your wisdom mind, your, uh, your uh, intelligence to try to convince you of something, explain something to you, or, or try to point it out to, to you when you're uh, not even ready to look at where I'd be pointing. If somebody <laughs> points to something, you're busy uh, looking in your laundry bag. Metaphor, of course. I'm going to do round for something. Wheel of the mind, and then uh, talk, uh, referring there in uh, Nagarjuna's uh, 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 verse, it, it, you see that it's unreal. It doesn't go anywhere. You just see that it's not substantial. It's not real. It's an astonishing thing to run into. And then you also see that all all phenomena, the mind, it starts to go out from there, and it happens in different ways with different people. Some people might see that in the whole entirety of uh, phenomena are completely pure. And of course, the ego mind, the self-centered mind will come back, yeah, but what about this? What about the person who did that? How about the people who killed all those people? What's, that? What's pure about that? I'm warning you, and I don't warn much. I'm warning you, if you buy into that, if you reject that, and if you ignore that, you'll continue to spin. I'm just warning you. So what do I mean by that? I'm saying, look at it, but don't add to the confusion with your stupid ideas about how to fix it. When I say stupid, I don't mean, I don't mean that as, a, as a, uh, a judgment of you. It's a description. There is a difference there. Subtle. Maybe not so subtle. Awareness is powerful. It's so powerful that it's, an invi it's invisible muscles. You can't build them up. You can't tear them down. But you can certainly hide from them. Don't do it. Find out who you are. Start today. Start yesterday. Sit down, hold still, find out who this is. Drop down out of this paranoia. Rise up out of this fear. Find out who you are. So that I, I, you, won't, you won't have to ever talk to me again. Or listen to me. I don't care what you do. <clears throat> I'm not concerned. How does the invisible work with the visible in a way that liberates it? You see that it's not separate. You, more than anyone, should see that. You big dummy. <laughs> Everything you see is real and unreal at the same time. You already know that. What is missing there? You want me to tell you? You think you're real. 
you think your thoughts are real, your ideas, your visions, your insights are have some kind of substantiality and believability to them. Keep looking at it. Shoto. Is there a difference between the identity list, the being talked there and not having characteristics? Same same situation. The characteristics are there, you just don't have them. Rusheen. What is self-hatred? It's belief in a solid being that's a bad guy, that has uh, out-of-control feelings and emotions, and uh, is, uh, is a possibility they might <laughs> get revenge for the terrible uh, lifetime that's been downloaded into this body form, yes. What happened to you when you realized self-hatred was not true? Nothing happens. It's like you wake up in the morning, you realize that you're awake. It isn't like you think, hmm, what's happening now that I'm awake? Now you get out of bed, you go wash your feet, brush your ears. <laughs> Keep coming, more. Andrew. What's the difference between a judgment and a description? The, the description is looking at the shape of something and, uh, and it's uh, the way it displays. And the judgment is thinking that one display is better than another display. That this is, this is a good thing and that's a bad thing. It's imputing some kind of value to something that is just uh, has a contrast and has texture. What's the difference between the clouds and, and the sky? In one sense, there's no difference. No difference. In another sense, the cloud is just is kind of moving through the sky and getting all puffed up about itself, or stretched out. You know, cumulus versus what? Is that other one? Nimbus? No. Yes. What makes a difference between, or what is the difference between seeing self hatred being unreal? outward and seeing it be unreal inward. So I'm, I'm following you somewhat, but I want you to be more specific about, about what you're asking so that I can give you more. I could generalize about that, but I'd like to be more specific. I'm not asking for your case history particularly, but just be more specific about that. It's coming up as a why question, which I know. Um, it's okay. Why is it Clear to see self-hatred in someone else is not real versus seeing it in yourself. So the seeing it out there in the world is a projection mm -hmm. and seeing it in yourself is, a, is, a, is hiding out from it, mm -hmm. not wanting to see it. It's much easier. We all notice that. You can always see what's wrong with other people. Well, they, why do they think that? Well, did you know what he said? you hear what he said? What an idiot. I'm not saying you guys have said that. I'm saying I've said it. <laughs> I just said it. So it's a very, so I'm not saying, this is a very important point about this. Don't get rid of that mind that's jabbering at you. Don't shut that mind down and don't empower it. Just see what it is. 
If you see this unreal, then any ghost, any demon, any monster can climb inside of you and, and all the doors are open. It can't find a hangout. It can't find a companion. It can't find anybody who acknowledges it. It can't find anyone, and this is the big one, who ignores it. That's what it's looking for. The ignore, you start ignoring that, and that will, that, that's all it wants to hear is all the lights are out, all the doors are closed, except that one closet door. I think I'm going to go in there and hide out. And every time I get an opportunity, I'm going to drive this person crazy, fighting with something they think is theirs. Mistaken identity. You all know what I'm talking about. I might, might be describing it in a different way. And there's no judgment involved. We have the most evil people in the world who are confused on a very powerful level. They're not, they're, they're, uh, they're not separate. So to go in and point the finger uh, at something, uh, you should do that. You should continue to point the finger. But don't believe it, don't disbelieve it, don't look away. Those are the three. Don't pat yourself on the back. You don't have a back, yes. What is the difference between the space of awareness and the hiding? <clears throat> if you see it, there's no difference because everything is dependently risen. So suddenly the whole, the whole, uh, um, uh, what do they call those little plastic things you stick together? Yeah, the whole, the whole thing just looks like Legos. Red ones, white ones. Are there any other colors of Legos? Red, red and white. Huh? Green? Oh. So it's like it's like you see it. So you see that it's both there and it's present. It's like a nightmare. It, when you're having it, it's real. You're experiencing that, and you're emotionally you're running from a monster, or you're or you're falling out of something, or something is going to kill you, or you're going to kill somebody else. I mean, you know how nightmares are. You know. Take your pick and get on stage and whatever part is handed you, that's what you're going to do. Choiceless. If you think you have a choice here, look again, my friends. But look again. It's not, you do not have choices. If you think you have choices, I'm not saying, I'm not here to criticize you from saying you're some kind of uh, having a, uh, some kind of terrible mistake you're making. I'm just saying it tends to compromise your awareness so that you can't see clearly. Lead with your awareness. Thought patterns will come up if you need them. Your thought, it's like a toolbox you carry around, thinking, thinking, thinking in a box. But lead with your awareness. How do you know you're leading with your, with your awareness? You have no plan. You have no idea what's going to happen next. This doesn't mean you don't plan to go to the kitchen. Otherwise, you'd never eat. Little plans. Little ones. Don't you? Can you read the um, verse again? Yes, I can. <clears throat> this is from the Mahayana uh, Vimshika. It's probably from the Mula Madhyamika Karika, but I'm not sure. He, he's got about 16 to 16, 17 different texts Nagarjuna did in the, a couple thousand years ago. Though through, through the wheel of mind stopping, through the wheel of mind stopping, all phenomena come to a standstill. Therefore, the nature of phenomena is identity-less. Hence, the nature of phenomena is completely pure. It's just a way of using words. And this, he wrote this originally in Sanskrit. I don't read Sanskrit, so um, I can't go back in and see uh, what the translation of this. I'm not sure who translated this particular one out of uh, Sanskrit.
more. In this context, what does something being pure mean? It means that it's not separate. It's completely what it is. There is no, there is no contamination. It can't be. It can only be contamination if there's something else. And we impute, or we believe, or we project onto others, uh, good and bad, right and wrong, up and down, back and forth. Life and death is an imputation. There is no life and death. I'm not saying the body mind doesn't, this doesn't collapse and go back into the, the elements. Of course it does, but we all know that. It's like, haven't, haven't you had that conversation where someone says, well, we all, we all got to die. <laughs> really? <laughs> Find out, because if you think you're this body mind, then yeah, you're, you're going to go down with this and you'll end up wandering around your tombstone, wondering what happened to your body. Or not, maybe that won't happen at all. Maybe you'll be tra you'll uh, be transformed into an alien on Arcturus. Isn't that a planet? Yeah. Or Bluto, that's another one. No, wait a minute, that's not a planet. <laughs> that's a... That's a cartoon character, isn't it? Yeah, Bluto. Yeah, I get them mixed up. But that's why I'm not a professional astronomer. Yes? Go ahead. <laughs> Thinking of the word identity, identity list, yes. I'm wondering, do the, the natural boundaries still show up? They do, and more vividly. Boundaries show up more vividly, and that's uh, that's uh, why or, or how we 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 don't have to, we no longer have to think or judge or evaluate things. We can see fire is fire, fire is hot, water is wet, earth is hard, wind moves. I mean, it's very, it's, we see it in that same obvious way. There's no way you'd step into somebody else's territory and give them advice about anything. And you see that the boundary, this, the natural boundary is there. They're ignoring everything. So you would leave them alone. You might say, is there anything I can do for you? They'd say, well, yeah, you can help me. And say, well, what can I do? Well, they might come up with some ideas. That maybe there's something that you could do with their permission. And maybe what's going to happen there is you see that the natural boundary that is arising there is that they're shut down in some way. So you can't you respect respect people's confusion and their you can't respect someone's awakening or someone's clarity unless you first respect their confusion. Don't correct anybody. I I get to do that. You guys don't. Are there pure characteristics? Give me an example of an impure one. Well, the first time I asked about identity lists. And I asked if it was different than not having characteristics, and you said that they were similar or the same. Are you recording me? <laughs> she is. <laughs> you can read that. <laughs> What's your basic question? Ask me. Ask me that. What does he want to know? What does it mean for something to not have characteristics? The very uh, outlines of it, or the very texture of it, or the very. Uh, way you're apprehending it through any of the six sense fields, including the mind, is without an other. It's empty of other. We have to use concepts, which are very, very much about plus and minus, up and down, back and forth, writing and printing, uh, paper and papyrus, uh, logs and trees. Everything is constantly changing out like that. So uh, it's just very direct perception. It's a, it's a direct perception that you can actually have yourself in your mind stream if you sit down and start training it right now. Make an agreement with yourself. You don't have to talk to me anymore. It probably would help to talk to someone 
or be with other people who are doing the same thing. Because if you're with other people who are not doing this, their uh, spinning is very powerful. It's like talking to tornadoes. It might not look like one, but go talk to somebody who's operating out of their thought processes and their judgments and their ideas and their evaluations. Go get close to them. Not too close. Get there and just say, how are things going? They're going to let you know. They might say it in a real soft, gentle voice. But if someone is not training their mind to see what is true and find the truth for themselves, not a belief system, there's nothing to believe here. I don't believe this. This is empty of any imputations or projections on it. I'm not saying there aren't Buddhists who believe in Buddhism. Of course there are. But it's not about thinking there's something else and putting all your faith and trust and hope in that. Don't do any of that. More? What is an example of an impure characteristic? Shit. That stinks, doesn't it? I was thinking more along the lines of something... Anger. Like, yeah, like... Yeah, a, anger. He was incorrect. Hatred. Uh, but all the words you can use, bigotry, all those are difficult. And, and Or, or uh, pride, or thinking that you're better than others, or thinking that you're worse than others, that you're terrible, that you shouldn't be allowed to live. A lot of times we have people who have such intense emotions and feelings that they, they want to end their life. We have some people that, that don't really want to end their life, but they want to make you think they want to end their life so that they can have control of you. Ever met any of those? I'm going to kill myself if you don't do as I say or love me or be with me. How do I know about it? I've done it. It's been a while. I found out it didn't work. So I got into this situation. Yes? Are, are these uh, characteristics... Um, are they impure only as they uh, become or uh, are acted out or manifested or, or are they naturally pure before they're manifested they're, it's always pure it's pure from the beginning but if you don't see it then you'll fight with it you'll think there's something else and you'll, you'll join it we all have to be uh, Presbyterians or you reject it. I'm an atheist. I don't believe in anything. I mean, there's all kinds of positions. Even Buddhists will do this to some extent. Not all of them. Because this, is, this teaching is a shunyata based on emptiness. This is empty, an emptiness teaching. We're very grateful to the Buddha for pointing that out. Everything is dependent. There isn't, there's no solid self in the skandhas or anywhere else. There's no solid being anywhere. It's just an incredible illusion. And we buy it. We buy it, we buy it, we sell it, we, we live it, we think we're going to live forever. And uh, there's something to that, but not in the way we think. The bodies don't live forever. Yes? So, are, are you saying that we can function out of these fetters or impurities, but at you the see same time we're yeah. still pure? Yeah, even those fetters are pure, but you have to see it. You can't. You can't think, well... Everything is okay. You can do whatever I want. Everything is pure. That that bald guy at the temple just said that. So you didn't hear what I said. Or you, not you, but I'm not saying that, th- that you can do whatever you want. Uh, what I say is don't do anything unless you absolutely have to. Don't make a move. Don't join a club. Don't come here. Don't meditate. Don't meditate unless you have to. 
You don't have to, have to meditate. Go out and continue to do whatever you're doing. But if you're in this room, probably you're you're thinking about it or it's something you're already uh, dedicated your life to. Yes. Davison. Is it fair to say that purity or impurity are just parts of the story? Yeah. Just a story. It's all a big story. Uh, I sometimes use that kind of a metaphor. I say, get off the stage. Don't leave the theater. Get back in the first row and have a seat and watch your mind. Watch all the actors on the stage, all parts of your mind, agreeing and disagreeing. And like, I don't like this. No, I'm not going to do that. And then suddenly this character goes off stage left, and then they're kicked back on by the janitor. I mean, there's so many causes and conditions that are invisible. So this is why it's so important, my understanding, it's so important to live out of your awareness. And whatever comes your way, receive it, receive. Give everything your attention when it heads your way, open the door. I don't say that somebody knocks on your door at three in the morning, open the door. I'm not saying be foolish about it. But I'm saying begin to work with that idea of opening, open this up. It, it, this is not, there's nothing can be destroyed. Who you actually are can't be destroyed. We can, they can kill people in other countries. This horrible, painful suffering is inflicted on others by people who are confused because they're suffering. People don't hurt others unless they're really suffering. And one of the ways to cover up your suffering or hide out from it is to project it onto others in the form of, you know what I'm saying, in the form of any blaming, uh, Prejudice, all kinds of prejudice, is, is a way of getting rid of your own suffering. It shows you how much each individual is really suffering. It's difficult without some kind of guidance or some kind of help to begin to turn that around. People in Islam are just, they, they, they have, there's going to be in, every, in any path or religion, there's going to be some kind of difficulty with it. But generally speaking, it's, uh, it's just another way of working with uh, the nature of uh, ultimate reality. Yes? Is identity a phenomenon that arises and passes away? Is what? Is identity a phenomenon that arises and passes away? Yeah, identity is something we impute to separate it from something else. This is this. And we use the, the, the characteristics that are empty of themselves uh, to establish that. It's, it's rough, it's soft, it's weak, it's strong, it's blue, it's red. And we use that to pack everything together. It's like making a snowball. Dip it in water, let it freeze, and then you can really hurt somebody when you throw it. Have we done that? Me either. <laughs> <laughs> so every, anything you say, any, any concept you use is going to, whatever it's pointing to, is going to fluctuate behind it. That's why naming, as soon as you name anything, it doesn't matter what it is, you immediately ignore what you've just named. But if there's a lot of awareness, if there's awareness as primary, then then the names you see that the names are just they're just uh, temporary. They just come up, you use them, and then they disappear. What about what about the idea of arising and passing away? What about it? What are these pointing at? Impermanence. And things come and go and come and go. Things come on stage and act out their part and then leave. All the world's a stage. Who said that? Melvin Kosnowski. <laughs> but this, uh, you know who he is. Okay. You no, read Mad Magazine, don't you? Oh, yeah, him, that's yeah. Yeah, Melvin Kosnowski. I was, I was more of a cracked magazine guy. <laughs>
cracked. Yeah, you didn't see cracked. I just no, didn't notice that. <laughs> cracked and bad. Those were the two. They were. Yeah. Mad came first, though. Yeah. Just well, saying. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Well, what's your question, sir? Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> well, I can all I can picture is that gap tooth. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's that was him. Round head. What are we What are we becoming ignorant of when we is label something as dependently arisen or arising and passing away? What are we blocking out with that concept? If it depends on how the label is being used. If the, the label is being used to give you a reference point, then then uh, then we we use that to not look any deeper into it. As soon as you say judge anything, you all investigation ceases. You've heard me say that hundreds and dozens of times. So don't don't label. I'm not saying you shouldn't call something. Uh, by its name, but be very aware of what your uh, how that labeling of things tends to cover up. So you can't see, if it does start to fluctuate behind that, so to speak, use that metaphor. You'll miss it because you're so sold on the name. Even the word uh, anger uh, that, that may be helpful, but but if you have 15 people that are all angry, uh, there's a different thing going, a different dynamic, causes and conditions that are arising in different ways for each uh, situation or person. The same is true. With um, with the crime, the, the the causes and conditions that bring anyone into a situation that is what antisocial causes a crime instead of our, our legal system instead of looking at each one and trying to understand trying to help people instead we shut them down throw them in a box lock the and then uh, feed them crap it's 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 coming out of an extreme uh, ignorance the the thing that the people who are turning the keys and feeding the crap that don't realize is this is circular and <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna and I'm not there's no, no I'm not condemning anybody in anything but you you can't do that kind of thing and not cause have cause and effect because you're buying into it because you think you're always on the winning side of it not gonna happen further questions we still have some time yes Davison um, I was reading a book recently, and I feel like this, I think this is close to what you're talking about. Um, there was a part that said Hamlet was not written by Shakespeare. It was written by some guy that happened to be named Shakespeare. Yes. I had to think for a minute. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think very slowly. You're lucky. I think slowly. Andrew, should we avoid interacting with tornadoes? So that's a that's a, a very good question. So the tornado, using that metaphor, so I would say don't take your eyes off from it. So that's a, a kind of interacting, which is uh, which could be uh, said receiving. It's like keep your eyes on that tornado, keep your sense fields on, including your thinking process on that or with that, and uh, and don't don't turn away from it by judging it. Don't turn away for, uh, from it. That's the that's the uh, aggressive or ignorant part. And don't turn away from it by making excuses for it, or explaining why it's happening. That's the passion part of it. Passion, aggression, and ignorance. Those, as soon as you do one, the other two start start there. That's the other part of the wheel. You 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 get angry, then you feel sorry, and then you ignore. And then you get angry, then you feel sorry, and then you ignore. 
That's just a very simple version. But probably everybody's had a little bit of that. If you raise your, if you have, if you lose your temper about something, the first thing you might do, or might not, is uh, kind of feel guilty and apologize. And then the person forgives you, which they shouldn't be doing. And why? I don't know. Why don't I know? You don't need to know that kind of thing. You need to come out of this. This does not think. There's no mistakes come out of this. There's no mistakes come out of anything, actually. But we sure think they do. More? How do we not get sucked into this dream? Just watch it very closely. If you condemn it, you're going to get sucked into it. If you if you abandon it, uh, you know you might be able to leave it somewhat, but it's you know your your perception is still there of what that was, and so anything you're doing with it, you're going to take into the other room. You're going to take into another lifetime. This is a, this is why the path of the bodhisattva or the enlightening being is to serve others, help others, help people who are suffering. Don't fight with them, murder them, put them in cages. Everyone, uh, Buddhist uh, teaching uh, from ancient times says, uh, everyone has been your mother. It's just a way of saying that you're not separate from anything. And they're using a very uh, uh, um, family-oriented <laughs> metaphor to say, everybody's been your mother. Everyone has been your, every apparent individual has nurtured you and taken care of you. What are you going to do about that? Help them, support others, because they're in a cycle that may be uh, in Syria. They're may in a cycle that may be uh, in. Uh, in uh, imagine what it'd be like to live in the in the, in Detroit in the nineteen uh, twenties as a, a black person. Not easy. I'm just using that as a metaphor. Just a, but that's what's everyone is going through that kind of a cycle. There's a question over here. Juju. If we're looking at the tornado, and fear comes up, and then we look at the fear, it seems to cover the tornado. Have we stopped looking at the tornado? Not necessarily. It's The idea is awareness, not getting to be somebody else. So the tornado, like I often say, I some people might, who knew me 20, 30 years ago, might say I've changed. I've had a few people say to me that I've changed. And uh, I, I think it's a misunderstanding. I, I, I haven't changed. When I say that, I don't mean that. I don't mean that something hasn't changed, but the the self-centeredness that was there a long time ago is still here, and that's I couldn't teach this if I if I got rid and became a, a an ideal kind of person who no longer had any anger, no longer had any jealousy. You can kind of see the glow coming out of my ears already. Don't abandon anything. Don't abandon your neurosis. You need that neurosis to help others. It's just that there's no one, who, no person who's neurotic. There's no individual who is neurotic, who needs forgiveness. Forgiveness is misunderstanding. Not that you don't bump into something and say, whoops, sorry, I'm not talking about that. I'm saying something where you're trying to get rid of something by apologizing, and you want something back, which is, oh, it's okay, I forgive you. Not interested in that kind of malarkey. Unless that's what you need to do. If you need to do that, then I'm not going to argue with it. Maybe that's the level you need to operate on. Forgiveness and apologies and back and forth. But it's very circular. Don't get caught in that. Right and wrong is a misunderstanding. 
We have a few minutes for the questions. Yes, goes on. You just said right and wrong is a misunderstanding. And you talked about people with a lot of confusion and a lot of power. And in, in the service, before we started, Jason chanted the protector chant. And it's asking for protection from negative energy and dark yes. forces. So what's that? Well, so that this, we're asking, you're not going to get something unless you supplicate. Ask for it. Ask for help. I asked for help and I got it from my, uh, from uh, both of my teachers. So you need to ask for it. Real and unreal is that's extra. Don't don't go there. Is this real? Is this true? What what are you really asking for when you're looking for some kind of credentials from something? What what's really going on there? Ask. May all beings be happy and at their ease. You're just asking for all beings to be happy. Kind of unlikely. <laughs> but we ask anyway. Because we're in a relative situation. There's a, a, some form, some way of consciousness has been downloaded into these, uh, these organisms we call human beings. You're not a human being. Your identity transcends everything. Uh, the only word for that in Buddhism is, uh, is awakened truth, awakened Buddha nature. Dharmadhatu, the realm of truth. Absolute truth doesn't have an opposite. There's no absolute negativity. I'll take have further questions. I'll you describe the word supplicate? Ask. Yeah, yeah. Ask. Please help me. No, no deity, necessarily. We impute, uh, we make up, we invent uh, some kind of a structure so that we can work with it. Otherwise, we wouldn't do anything. We'd all be nihilists and we'd all be... Uh, uh, hiding out in a garage somewhere, smoking weed. Oh, he wouldn't do that? Well, you'd be do, doing something different than this. It's legal in Michigan, I can say that. <laughs> and no, I don't. Uh, I don't do dope. Anymore. <laughs> Further question on that's a good good a good place to go. I, I want you to go there. I can't I can't uh, yes. So we use the idea of negative energy and supplication at the same time you know, the implication there is no such thing. So how can we work with that without unknowingly buying into some kind of savior that's gonna help us? That's how you do it. It's empty. People who are I'm not interpreting anyone else's religion or faith, and I'm not getting in the way of any kind of a, a theistic approach, which uh, uh, Judaism, Christianity, Islam, and I'm not, I'm not objecting that. Those people need to practice what they're practicing. They're doing it because they need to do that. If you're in this room, there's some, either you're already a, a practicing, uh, uh, you're a student of the Buddha's teaching, or else you're checking it out. You're kind of, there's no, there's no sales pitch here, no promises. Do what you need to do. If you don't need to be here, go do something else. Play golf. Find some other way to do it. But if you're here, then listen to what I'm saying. Train your mind. And you train your mind not so you can believe what Buddhists believe. Buddhists don't believe anything. If they're actually practicing what the Buddha taught, it's not a belief system. 
not something that you think is true as opposed to something that's false. And so the, the supplication part is just a way of working with the mind to respect the ultimate nature of everything. Everything is dependently arisen, uh, and that goes on layer after layer after layer. When we supplicate the Buddha, who are we talking to? Talking to yourself. You're talking to who you actually are. And I'm not saying we're all God, we're all one. That's, that's a misunderstanding. That's a very level, low level. It's like if you're in a barn, that would be on the floor, not up in the hayloft. Yes? What is the, is there any role of manifestation? Is there any mm -hmm. role of manifestation? Mm -hmm. Everything is both manifested and not manifested at the same time. I mean, using we're using a word like time, which also is uh, misunderstanding. Things don't go from here to there. It just looks like they do. It's called an illusion. And we buy into it and we become materialists, spiritual materialists, scientific materialists, uh, social, cultural materialists, and we try to fix stuff or get better stuff or polish things. And, and you, you can do all of that. You just have to be aware that it is uh, uh, insubstantial. The four, the three, uh, the three marks, uh, um, the three marks. Are everything is impermanent. Everything is distressed or uh, uh, dissatisfied, and everything is without a solid self or center. You. We're uh, supplicating. Are we giving something up? Are we? Are you what? Giving something up? Yeah, the time it takes to do it. <laughs> you could be thinking about something really interesting <laughs> instead of saying, "But this doesn't mean anything." But what are we praying to? Just pray. Help others. Put others before yourself. How do you do that? We work with it wherever we're at. At some point, uh, it, it will be completely empty of everything you thought it was. But it won't, do, it won't be that way if you don't practice it. So just like I was saying to you, you need to practice the form so you can see what the form is. Because the beginning part of the form will be really rough on your ego. You'll think it's a performance. It is not. You'll think someone's judging you. They are not. And if they are, it's just they're, they're coming out of their confusion. Where, where else are people going to come from? Out of, out of your confusion. When you say about uh, not doing an apology and a forgiveness exchange, um, does that start with you sort of going into yourself and understanding that it is it came from, I guess, not a good place because that's a judgment, but that it came from the same space that you don't, that person didn't necessarily intend? That's pretty good, yeah. Yeah, it's... A, it, Look at what we're trying to get away from when we apologize and, and forgive. I'm not saying that that shouldn't be done. On, on some level, that should that should happen. Of course, it's just a, a thank you very much. Whoops, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to spill your coffee or something like that. So a little bit of that is fine. It's when we start to make some difficult situation happens and we want to actually get out of that uh, rather than just be, be responsible, the ability to respond. 
be responsible for your what crimes and misdemeanors or your be responsible be 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 that person more about that's good what you're saying is yeah um it's just the curiosity with children yes because um, i raised three of them uh, how you doing? <laughs> I'm doing. <laughs> How old are they? Uh, one, five, and seven. You're outnumbered. Yes. <laughs> yes I am. You should have talked to me first. Chase, <laughs> <laughs> um, in a sense, you aren't outnumbered yet. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, oftentimes, my seven-year-old is a tornado, mm -hmm. and I try hard yeah. most times to not get enwrapped in, in, in that, but I guess we also get confused in the thought of thinking that we need to teach them so that they can um, apologize, so they know when yes. to apologize yeah. and that sort of thing. And I guess that's kind of just confused that it would probably come on its own without us pushing it. You know, it's uh, very difficult to look at countless situations like yours that have a similarity but they're not the same mm -hmm. and to find out the, the very best thing you can do for your your son did you say yeah train your mind so that you don't project onto your son the unexpected uninspected unseen parts of your own uh, uh, sensorium your own uh, in our tradition we would say you're the Ali Vijnana, the storehouse consciousness that area that's not been seen, and most people have that shut off, and they don't want anybody going in there. It's like having an attic; you don't want anybody going in there. So train your mind. I'm not saying, I'm not saying you shouldn't uh, uh, try to meet uh, what's his name, Liam. Meet, meet Liam where he's at. Oh, but but how you do that is you watch how he's functioning and meet him where he's at. Don't don't buy into his stuff. Don't reject it, and don't look away from it. So meet him where he's at. Be with him. Uh, your actual physical presence with him is probably a lot more powerful than what you would say to him. Just uh, you're the moving your head from this way to that way and going like this to, to a, a young person. You were young once, weren't you? You're still pretty young, but I mean, remember when you were that big? Yeah. Remember when you could look around at adults and you, you knew, you couldn't think very clearly, clear, but you knew which adults were genuine because they respected you and which adults were totally crazy because they, they didn't even know they didn't respect you they treated you they talked down to you and yeah, corrected you and so on and there was other adults who seemed to be present and curious about you so train your mind and and that way it's because everything is dependently arisen we're not separate from our children uh, you know, it's probably going to be fine uh, but less uh, less uh, of a container, a, a protection container. In other words, don't let them play with broken glass in the road, heavy traffic, don't do that. <laughs> so you have to protect them, but don't protect them so much that, that he can't kind of find out what his energy is doing, what he's knocking over and what, he, what he's actually doing. Uh, yes, please. Um, another question is, um with raising kids and trying to remove judgment while also trying to judge whether a situation is safe or not for them gets a little gray? Yeah. But don't, don't remove judgment. When I say don't judge, I might say that, but I'm also saying if I say that, then you'll, you'll look more closely at the way in which you're judging. So just, uh, so don't judge. But as I say that, I can't stop judging. 
but but that's how you see that there is a judgment area going and you can see if you watch how that works you can see more clearly the causes and conditions and where that judgment is getting its fuel from if it's actually getting its fuel from wanting to protect that person uh, that will become apparent if you don't shut down on it and try to be a person who doesn't judge it's like trying to be a person who's helpful kind of a sickening person to be around I just want to help you can't you see that I'm just doing this for your good yeah more very good questions thank you very good good luck thanks <laughs> Thank you very much. We'll stand and dedicate the merit in the back of our yellow chant books. There's some over there. I'd also like to remind everybody, everybody again that we will have our Jukai ceremony in about 45 minutes for Anne. And also, uh, we gladly accept your financial support. We have donation boxes in the hallway. Unfortunately, our website is down at the moment, so um, we're working to get that back up. But there is a way to donate there through PayPal. And we strongly encourage a monthly donation if you can. Thank you very much. May the meritless penetrate into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way. Sangha, families, friends, and visitors. Heal everyone who is unhappy, sick, or suffering, and fill them with light. 